Hey guys, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. My name is Spencer Feenstra, the host and creator of the zoo. I'm here just to talk to you about things that are on my mind and on my heart. I hope you'll enjoy the show. If you do, please check us out on all social medias at The Feenstra Zoo. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, zookeepers, and welcome back to the Feenstra Zoo. And before I go too far in this episode, I just wanted to remind you all to go check out the Podbelly Network. It is a great place to find new shows and some great products as well. It is podbelly.com. Also, I know I've asked you a bunch, but please continue to share the Feenstra Zoo on social media as well with friends or family, whoever you think is going to enjoy it. It helps the show out more than you know, and I would love to get the zoo into some more ears. And last thing, last bit of housekeeping before we dive into today's show. If you are willing, if you are able, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the Feenster Zoo. That's where you can support the show directly. Keeping me well caffeinated, but more importantly, it will help the show and will help the zoo move forward with projects and many things to make this show quality and everything way better. All right, enough housekeeping. Today is the final installment in the series that I'm calling The Devil's D's. The bag of tricks we're going to focus on today will start with depression, and then we'll tie all three of these episodes together with the overall theme, which is distraction. Shall we start with a story? All right. So depression is something many, if not all of us, will face in our lives. And we'll fight with it, if not battle with it, for a long time. So before Shalane and I re-found each other, I thought I found my forever, and I was engaged to her. We had a life planned together. I thought she was my everything. I thought she was everything I wanted. But during our pre-marriage counseling, it was revealed that I was not the man she wanted. And just like that, that night, we broke up. This sent me into a downward spiral, and for a time, I was completely lost. You see, I didn't know who I was outside of that relationship. I had no peace, no identity in my life without her. I spent a great deal of time wallowing in my own self-doubt, self-pity, and I created my own habits of self-destruction. It was... It was awful. Luckily, I had a friend who literally dragged me to a counselor. And he did this for my first five sessions with this guy. With a great deal of time and a lot of help from my friend, I was pulled out of my pit of depression. I found my light. God saved me, literally saved my life. He saved me from my depression. He saved 
me from my destruction and from my isolation. I learned that these seeds were planted in my life. Like weeds, they were near impossible to eradicate. But while I focus on the right things in my life, I can keep them tended to. They're not gone. I still fight with my depression. I still fight with self-doubt. And there's many times I find myself falling back into these habits, the, these destructive thoughts. These seeds will always be in my life. But there's a way out. I like what John Mark Comer said. He said it this way. What you give your attention to is the person you will become. Put another way, the mind is the portal to the soul. And what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. In the end, your life is no more than a sum of what you gave your attention to. If I was to focus on my pain, if I was to focus on my emptiness, my brokenness, I would have remained in that pit. And inevitably, I would have created far worse and worse habits of self-medicating in order to find, in order to search for what I was looking for, trying to fill the voids in my life. Instead, I have been taught to focus on the positive, to focus on the love in my life, the people around me, and of course, the kingdom of heaven. It keeps my mind right and it keeps my emotions in check. Like I said before, this is a battle. This is a fight, a daily fight. And depression is complex. It's so complex. It's never the same in two people. It can consist of many, many things. Like this, okay? Like a down mood, loss of pleasures, too much or too little sleep, physical agitation, sluggishness, fatigue, feelings of worthlessness, trouble focusing or making decisions, intrusive thoughts, suicidal thoughts. Guys, if any of this or if all of this sounds like you, please find help. Please find someone to talk to. There is tons and tons and tons of places you can look if you don't want to leave your house. Services like BetterHelp or call a church office, call a counseling office, guys. There's so many people to talk to. And if you're too scared to start there, you know my social media is there. Find me, The Fiendster Zoo, anywhere. I'll help where I can, but I promise you, someone who is qualified to do this is better. But I will never turn you away. Mental health is nothing to mess with. Talk to someone. Admitting you need help 
is not weakness. Admitting you need help is strength. It takes strength and humility to accept help from someone else. And remember, this is a common issue. You are not alone. Most of us know what depression feels like. Most of us have felt it before. You see, Dallas Willard, he said it this way, clinical depression is the extreme form of a bad mood. It's so simple, almost too simply put. It's easy and it's elegant, but it speaks little to the complexity of or the root causes of this issue. Back to John Mark Homer for a second, I think he did a better job of, of explaining this. He said this, The cause of anxiety and depression are ingrained deep into the patterns and the ruts of our lives. It takes time to wash these out and to build new roads towards joy. He also said, Too much time spent in the past leads to depression. Too much time in the future leads to anxiety. We need to live in the moment. See, I think this takes a better look at, at this issue. It's, it's more of a whole view. He said a couple things in here that I want to point out. First, the cause of anxiety and depression are ingrained deep in the patterns and ruts of our lives. Have you ever driven an old dirt road where there's literally grooves dug through the road from big heavy trucks and you cannot deviate from those paths? This is kind of what I look at. This is the picture I get when, when I'm talking about this. You see, it's the doing the same thing and trying to get out of these habits expecting different results we're going down this path and we want to change we want to change course but we can't because we're stuck in these ruts this is how i look at a lot of things in my life honestly doing the same thing and expecting different results we want to change something needs to change our lives are perfectly designed for the results we're currently getting if you want different results you need to mess with the method another thing in, in that second part of the that quote said too much time spent in the past leads to depression too much time in the future leads to anxiety We focus heavily on what we can't change. We are picked and reminded constantly of things we can't change. I can't change what I did yesterday. I can stew on it. I can dwell on it. I can let it cause me hurt. I can let it cause me anguish. This is what depression is founded on looking back and wishing I did it differently. 
building up regrets in my own mind of things that it's too late. The flip side is focusing too much on the future. The future is not here yet. If I focus on tomorrow, I miss what's happening right now to make tomorrow a better day. It's, it says in the Bible that worrying about tomorrow cannot add a day to your life. It's, it's these problems that cause this strife in our lives. Let's bring it back here for a second. Like I said, depression, it is complex. It does not fit neatly into a box. This is a large part in why I think depression is a favorite tool of the devil, particularly in the larger scheme of his overarching plan. His overarching plan being distraction. Here is where the past two episodes and this one all kind of meet. This is their crossroads. This is the devil's big plan. He will distract us from focus on, focusing on the kingdom by any means. He'll divide us from our community. He'll destroy us, our personality, those around us, using our own hubris. He will force us into depressive states. And all three of these seem to be the perfect trifecta playing off each other and creating this cycle, this self-defeating cycle divides, he destroys, he makes us depressed, which will further divide us, further destroy us, and further depress us, until he doesn't just have a foothold in our lives, but he will have our whole lives. Doing this, this creating this cycle from the devil's point of view is brilliant because if we stay stuck in this trap it makes his job that much easier we stay distracted from the big picture we stay focused on ourselves and our painfully short lives we will stay distracted and continue to be distracted until until we've distracted ourselves into spiritual oblivion like I said, guys, this is a good play by the devil. I like the way C.S. Lewis puts this, though. I know this is a quote-heavy episode. It's a quote-heavy episode, but there's so many good, good quotes from people far more brilliant than myself on this subject, which reinforces the fact that this is a good subject to be talking about. Anyway, C.S. Lewis said, Mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it's far more common and harder to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain only increases the burden. It's easier to say that my tooth hurts than my heart is broken. This cycle 
that has been created by the devil is brutal. It's a mental load that we cannot carry on our own. That's why we need community. Remember from a couple episodes ago, we were created for exactly that. We are designed for a partnership. My wife, Shalane, she's who I share everything with. She helps me carry the load of my mental pain. And with her and my God, they help keep my pride small. They help keep my burden light and my outlook sunny. I'm not saying you need a spouse to be happy. I'm really not. But you do need community to support you. To keep you in check. To help you carry the stress of your every day. Let me kick this with another story here. This week has been incredibly difficult for me. For my whole family. My grandma had a heart attack this week. As of right now, she is stable. She's recovering. She's under very close watch. And we're not out of the woods yet. This week has been taxing. Mentally, emotionally. It's brought up feelings from... Almost 12 years ago, when my grandpa passed away. It's been incredibly difficult. But with my wife by my side, I can talk to her, I can be raw and honest, and at times unfairly so, putting all of my burden onto her, because I can't handle that load mentally. But that's what the covenant of marriage is. When I can't, she can. When she can't, I can. That strength comes from partnership with God and with my spouse. Like I said, you don't need a spouse to be happy. But you need someone. You need community. When you are in a hole of depression, you need someone not to reach down and try and pull you up, but you need someone to climb down in that hole with you and push you out of the hole if that's what you need. When your world gets destroyed by your own hand or by someone else's, there is a 0% chance in rebuilding anything substantial on your own. You need a community around you to help lift you up, to help lift your burdens away, and to help you lay a solid foundation to build a new life on. That's why I keep coming back to Jesus. Because when I had nothing left, when I was completely destroyed, He was there. He pushed me out of my pit of depression. He was the foundation that my whole new life was built on. 
He is the pillar that Shalane and I are wrapped around. He is the center of Shalane and I's relationship. So even when both Shalane and I are weak, and we can't do it, Jesus is strong. When the walls of my house shake, my foundation in Christ will hold. When my faithfulness falters, his never does. You see, our faith, our faithfulness, does not determine God's faithfulness. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never falters. All of this to say, the world we live in is extremely distracting. From simple media, movies, online scrolling, to the terrifying evening news cycles, global pandemic, war threats, and who knows what else is going to come next. Maybe the murder hornets are going to come back. I don't know. One thing is certain, though. We need to fight and to persevere through this. Let me finish this one off with a quote from someone who failed so beautifully at his goals that we still give him credit for it. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> he said this, By prevailing over all obstacles and distractions, one may unfailingly arrive at his chosen goal or destination. Bit ironic from him, but it is a good point. I would say it a little differently, though. Probably something like this. You may fail or get knocked down, but always get back up and focus on your deepest goals. You see, it does not matter the route you take, only that you finish well. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to finish this episode. I really do hope you enjoyed this series. Let me know if you enjoy these multi-part series or if you prefer just a one-and-done episode. I would like to know. I would love your feedback. If you did enjoy it, don't forget to leave a rating or a review wherever you listen to, your, to the show. And of course, keep sharing it everywhere you can. I would love to get the zoo in as many ears as possible. All right, zookeepers. I love you, and God bless.